So you decided you want to buy a gun, but how do you choose which one? You don't have time to test every handgun, rifle, and shotgun out there. NorCal Gun Vault can help you out. Yeah, the folks that work there are passionate about firearms. They hunt, they shoot. You can tell it's not just a job for them, and it shows in their ability to find the perfect firearm for you. NorCal Gun Vault is fully stocked with hundreds of handguns, rifles, shotguns, not to mention tons of ammo, dozens of accessories. Yeah, whether shooting is just a hobby, you're a hunter, or you're thinking about owning your first gun, NorCal Gun Vault has exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if cash is tight right now, but you really want to get a gun, NorCal Gun Vault will work with you to create a layaway program individually tailored to what makes sense for your budget. NorCal Gun Vault opens seven days a week, locally owned and operated. Check them out at NorCalGunVault.com. NorCalGunVault.com. It really matters when you're dealing with experts. Go to NorCalGunVault.com, NorCalGunVault.com. This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Senor, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Entormation Complex, this is the Armstrong and Getty Show for this this historic day. Every day is historic. 21st of August, the year of our Lord, 2017. This morning, under the tutelage of Honorary General Manager, the total eclipse of the sun. Don't forget, we'll be having our Stare at the Sun for Concert Tickets contest coming up later today. The longer you look at the eclipse, the more permanently it's burned in your memory and your retina. And your retina. That's right, so be sure to do that. Uh, in keeping with our, uh, oh, what is it? what happens now? I don't who's even the remember. concert? Who's, gonna, who's playing? Tesla? It's, uh, yeah, Tesla and Journey. Except <laughs> it's J-U-R-N-E. It's a, it's a cover band. Yeah, it's a tribute a, band. It's a right. tribute to Journey. Right. That's right. Journey's actually kind of a tribute to Journey right now, but it doesn't matter. In keeping with our, uh, our, 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 our slogan, our, our policy around here, today we're going to study the sun. Study the sun. Study the sun. Study the sun. That's right, Michael. That's a new thing for today, and we're going to introduce everyone on the squad before we get going. Jack? is uh, on special assignment studying the sun. And we'll get to him in a couple of minutes, but let's introduce everyone on the squad. He's pushing the buttons, pulling the toggles, etc. It's uh, our board operator, Michelangelo. Hello, Michael. <laughs> Hello, Michael. Hey, good morning. Hello, Michael. 
Hey, uh, I'm excited because about the eclipse, as everybody is, but I have an excuse now. So when I'm inept this morning, I can say, you know, I don't normally act this way, Joe, but because of the eclipse, right? you know, I'm not quite getting the amount of sunlight I would normally get, you know. So. Or just say, oh, man, we had a little power shortage there. We had a surge and an outage because they say that the utilities of America That's will right. be sorely taxed by the lack of solar power. I'm not quite sure how that can be since... There was, you know, a fraction of this much solar power 10 years ago, and we seem to get through every day okay. But I don't know. What do I know? Have I I ever run a utility? No. I will be watching this on a live stream. I'm not going to be looking up at the sun. So there's also great websites. Oh, yeah. That's what I feel. That's how I'm consoling myself. We'll talk about that later. But, yeah, there will be beautiful uh, footage. Joe, I know you'll love this statistic. $700 million in productivity will be lost because of the solar eclipse. For God's sake. All right. All right. I tell you what, why don't you force your employees to stay at their desks and not look at it, not watch TV, not go out, not talk about it, because that way you'll have more productivity, and then they will hate you for the rest of their lives, and so you'll have much less productivity, so you could just shut up, let people look at the eclipse or think about it or talk about it. Uh, his smile lights up the room in there. He's our producer, Positive Sean. Hey, Sean. Uh, a little little bit embarrassed today. I, uh, I I don't know. I got, I got my days mixed up. I thought the eclipse was yesterday. Uh-oh. I was outside looking up, staring at I don't see it. This looks like every other day. Well, long story short, I'm blind now. <laughs> right. So if, right. I, if I go up and I feel your face, don't worry. That's just how I know how you look. That's right. That's a beautiful dog, by the way. Yeah, he's very beautiful friendly. Beautiful dog. He's got a eye dog already. You know what? Uh, this is this is uh, another thing that's consoling me since I'm missing the swath of totality. The knowledge that, and this is undeniable, somewhere in America there are thousands, probably not millions, maybe not even tens of thousands, but there are thousands of people who've heard nothing about the eclipse, who are unaware that it's going to be happening, and at roughly ten o'clock Pacific time this morning, they will be terrified. Completely terrified that the world is ending. And that, for some reason, amuses me. <laughs> Probably makes me sick. But uh, uh, Let's see. Uh, Vincent's our senior executive producer, uh, America's most prominent Asian talk show personality. Hey, Vince. Yeah, on Saturday, I went to a quilt show. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, you might be wondering why I went to a quilt show, because my new belle, Allison, is into quilts. So I'm into quilts. Yes. Yes. The Seth Meyers uh, apple picking bit went through my head several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, $10 admission to walk into this quilt show, stare at quilts, and chat about quilts <laughs> with other quilters. Uh, but I did notice that we were the youngest people there by about 40 years. Yes. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. <laughs> there were a few uh, questionable dudes wandering around. Uh, I was by far the most... What do you mean? Like communist infiltrators or Al-Qaeda? Or... What are you doing at a quilt show, bro? I understand the women's, but the men's, <laughs> I just didn't get, but, uh, but I, so, but I, I was by far the most masculine and handsome man <sighs> there. So that's what well, really that's saying something. Uh, you know, my wife's crazy into quilting, Vince. She just finished a quilt for Delaney May in her new school colors. Uh, she has given a quilt to, uh, to each of the kids uh, or two of them. Anyway, Caitlin didn't want one, <laughs> but uh, she is so she's super. I've actually attended a quilt show or two myself. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, it's a beautiful art form. Oh, yeah. The craftsmanship and the handcrafted work and all that stuff. But, Joe, when you <laughs> look at a quilt, you're really looking at the quilter. <laughs> wow. Thanks for that. 
Uh, it really is beautiful. It's an amazing art form. Uh, totally. First choice on a Saturday afternoon? Not really. Not so much, no. Marshall Phillips, our esteemed newsman. Hello, Marshall. Well, i got to tell you, I'm excited about the Great American Eclipse, but I am even more excited about the fact that nobody got the Powerball jackpot of $535 million this weekend. Yes. It, it rolls over to about $650 million. That is the second largest jackpot in the history of the Powerball. So I'm all about rolling the money over and uh, watching my savings account build. <laughs> Seismically. Typically in gambling terms, you roll over your winnings. If you just yeah. keep throwing... More money from your wallet no, no, onto no, the no, table. No, no, that's no, not no, rolling you know, no, over. No, no, no. no I'm adding. I'm that's adding bleeding to the, money. I'm yes. adding to the jackpot, which I will claim. Oh, I see. Yes. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking. So, so you're duping uh, others into right. spending more on your... Oh, I see. Right. I, well, you've outsmarted them. <laughs> My I, God. I encourage everyone to go out there and buy up Powerball tickets like mad for the drawing on Wednesday. All right. Well, <laughs> something to look forward to there. That's not at all sad. Let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations, at Mark. On Monday, a solar eclipse will cross the entire continental United States for the first time in nearly a century. I could not be more excited. I love science, I love astronomy, and I love to see barnyard animals thrown into a complete panic because it's 2 p.m. and the night is falling. I'm going to go to the petting zoo. What's going on, goats? What's going on? Where'd the sun go? The chickens are freaking out. You know they know something's up. They always have the inside dope. Listen to the crickets. We're all going to die. Marshall, what are our headlines this morning? Well, we've got U.S. sailors missing after another collision at sea. Trump getting ready to reveal his Afghanistan game plan and a comedic loss. Coming up, 635 Armstrong and Getty. A comedic loss? You're supposed to say two. Unless you're a racist. Huh? Two comedic losses. There you go. Thanks, racist. All right, let's uh, reconvene moments. Do a little mailbag. We've got the weekly shower thoughts. And in the Marsh's News, we'll check in with Jack from the swap of totality. And a lot more good stuff. Hang around and see Armstrong and Getty Show. Strong and Getty Show. Special shout out to those of us who are working and making a glance sideways at the sky and then check out our favorite websites because we don't have the time or flexibility to go chase the eclipse across the country like a bunch of fools. We're here doing the work that Americans will do because we're Americans and we're doing the work. All right? All right. Mailbag. <laughs> Here are your weekly shower thoughts as compiled by Rich in Salt Lake City. Antarctica is an island with only a northern coast. Blow my mind, man. How rich do you want to be? I like this. I just want to be... Buy stuff from my hobby and not feel guilty. Rich. That's a good goal, I think. 
I guess I'm that rich. If I need a dozen golf balls, I buy them. Although I do cringe at the price. But it's not like I can't buy them or... It's either that or the rent. Which is too damn high, as previously documented on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, I think that's an often kind of overlooked aspect of you know a happy career right there's there's the the whole notion well if you do what you love you never work a day in your life well uh, some people can do that many people can't but having a job that affords you the ability to do what you love is a is is no thing is nothing to kind of laugh at that that's that's a really powerful existence it's it's fantastic but at the same time you know even if you i mean i have my dream job and it's not like it's effortless and the jack and i have talked for years about the fear every time the the career started to get a little shaky or go sideways or failed to gain traction for a while oh the fear was constant that's the greatest thing about finally making a little money is not having to worry constantly about paying the bills and what if i blow a tire or whatever um i don't know just you know different people have different uh, priorities in their life i talk to my kids about this a lot um I knew since I was a little kid I wanted to make money because I hated not having any money. <laughs> and, you know, it's not greed. It's just that the grinding, that grinding fear, you just so you make it a priority. But different people live different lives. There are some people who live very simple, uh, you know, kind of homespun lives of uh, calm and, and uh, you know, just uh, cavorting with the squirrels in nature or whatever. And if they're happy, they're happy. I congratulate them. The brain, I love this one. The brain is the most complex thing ever, according to the brain. So complex that it can't understand itself. Or it's so stupid it can't understand itself. It's like the brain has told everyone it's so complex to hide the fact that it's stupid. Which is the smartest thing the brain has ever done. (laughs) That's great. I love it. Oh, let's see. Uh, You got the expression, easy is taking candy from a baby. Giving candy to a baby is way worse than taking candy from a baby. Than taking candy. Right, I would agree. I'm glad to hear this is universal. Universal. Never has Windows actually found a solution when a program crashes and says, quote, checking for a solution to the problem. I have never, ever, ever had that come out right, come out well. Oh, yeah, Joe, hey, cool. We found a website, and we know it's wrong now. That has never appeared on my screen. And that little blue thing goes across the screen like, we're checking. Oh, yeah, checking, yeah, like checking. Let bar. me Give me just a Come second on. here. Oh, I think, I, I think I've got it. No, 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 sorry. Oh, yeah, still screwed. Yeah, yeah. Restart it. Washing machines should have a reservoir tank that I pour a whole jug of detergent in, and it automatically dispenses the correct amount via a small pump with every load clearly ought to be part of the washing machine experience it's crazy it's not like you have to you know pour gas in your car every time you're gonna run it or you know there are a hundred other examples it probably have to have a you know it would match the amount of detergent to the size of your load you know you set your load size there and if you want a little extra there'd be a button for that i like that idea that's why i go with those uh pods the pods that people eat? Yeah. Yeah, those are very handy. Smell good. Uh, I bet people would use sunscreen more if it was marketed as anti-radiation cream. That's a good one. I like that, because that's what it is. Uh, moving along to the correspondence proper. little uh, Colin Kaepernick activist football player talk. Did you see a bunch of uh, former and current NYPD cops uh, did uh, like a publicity stunt thing? They knelt down, raised their fists in support of Cap. 
Right. I thought that was interesting, and it's fine. Um, you know, I'm an anti-police uh, brutality activist. I just happen to think some of it goes a little far toward the anti-America thing in complete ignorance of, of you know, certain realities, but let's not get into that. Dave writes, uh, the way to defuse the NFL national anthem issue, I feel that each player should pick a cause which is important to them and then a physical pose to hold during the national anthem. Then anti-police activist players, well, anti-brutality, like Colin Kaepernick can kneel while another player does a headstand in honor of prostate cancer. The kicker might lie face down on the turf to bring attention to Haitian hurricane victims while the running backs hold the Heisman Trophy pose as a shout-out against domestic violence. Actually, several running backs in the league appear to be pro-domestic violence. Imagine the entertaining menagerie of ridiculous poses and virtue-signaling causes. It would definitely take the focus off morons like Kaepernick. I might even start watching the NFL again. That's Dave. I just was texting my dad yesterday. I should have called him, but uh, he he mentioned he happened to go to uh, the the Phoenix Cardinals uh, and the Chicago Bears preseason game. A a nice little outing with my mom. Get out of the house. Uh, They live uh, not far from the stadium there in Phoenix. And um, and he, he gave me a brief synopsis of how it went. I think, you know, it, he, I'm not so into the Bears anymore, my childhood team. But um, but I told him, I'm not sure I'm going to pay attention to the NFL this year. I may be out this year. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be like the Eclipse. I'll be like, eh, indifferent to it until it's like the week of the kickoff for the season, the regular season. And we'll see how I do. But I, I think I've had enough. I don't know. We'll see. There's people not paying attention to the NFL because of players like Kaepernick kneeling. And then now with the cop thing this weekend in, in New York, there's people who are going to boycott the NFL because Kaepernick can't get on a team. So mm-hmm. does that leave anyone? Is the NFL it, going to survive? It's now tune into a football game and get divisive, angry politics. And I just, you know what? It's a TV show. I used it to relax. I like the action. And, uh, you know, if that's going to be part of it, I'm not into it. But we'll see. Plus, just, you know, the rapists and the wife beaters and the rest of it and the rent-a-player. And I don't I just don't know. Uh, oh, speaking of renting things, a uh, nice note from David here, who's in Charleston, South Carolina, to see the total eclipse and photograph it. Um, uh, Staying with friends. He says, oh, they also have those rent-a-bikes here. People are not using them in droves. So yet another feel-good would be what we need to do is provide everyone with bikes. We'll have large racks of bikes everywhere so people can ride them everywhere, and they won't drive anymore, and it'll be fabulous, and we'll save the environment. We'll have spotted owls and muskrats roaming the streets because we'll bring back nature, and nobody wants them. Cut it out. Quit spending millions of dollars of taxpayer money. If I want a bike, I know where to get one. And I can get a bike lock at the same place, and I'll lock it up. Let's see. On the topic of, uh, you know, the various uh, marches and countermarches and anger and the rest of it, uh, Ben the Libertarian writes, why were there, quote, very fine people on both sides? That's an unfortunate thing the president said. Uh, Amongst people carrying torches along with Nazi and KKK flags. If the very fine people I know found themselves at a rally that had those things, they would leave, you know, if I was marching in, in, in favor of, I don't know, the state of Jefferson or, or you know, whatever, and I noticed, wow, like 90% of my fellow marchers are Nazis, you're right, I would go. I would leave. That's really well put, Ben. 
Do we have time for my uh, my favorite thing from from the Boston rally this weekend, or should we save that for later? How long is it? Uh, oh, what? is it that audio thing we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, later. Later. Okay. Later, because I have a perfect uh, opportunity to use it. And let's say this is a note from uh, Al the Painter, who uh, was listening to old podcasts over the weekend from back in '04. I was extremely entertained when Jack scolded Joe, me, about making outrageous wagers that could never be paid off. Someone called in, yes, you took many calls, and told Joe about a wager he'd made where he would eat his laptop if he was wrong. He was. And Jack's almost exact words were, quote, you got to stop making these kind of bets. Mm, Donald Trump, truck, anyone? Well, that will torture Jack's conscience till his grave, (laughs) if that's any consolation. Uh, by the way, why do your pre-2006 podcasts sound like old-timey baseball broadcasts? <laughs> I, I really do not know. And then he says uh, some really uh, kind words about the show, which is very nice of him. Uh, keep it going, guys. I still have 10 years of retirement. Oh, my God. If I could flog 10 more years out of this business, please, where do I sign up? Uh, let's see. Al the Painter. And then uh, we got a couple of couple of notices. This from... Um, a, an elementary school on Monday, blah, 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 North America will be treated to an eclipse of the sun, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, The blankety-blank school staff is excited to explain and experience the eclipse with their classes. School and classroom safety measures have been put in place to ensure all our students remain unharmed as they enjoy this natural phenomenon. The following safety measures will be followed. All students will have indoor morning recess. Phys ed will take place indoors. Students will be escorted to the restroom by a staff member. Primary classrooms will not take part in outside eclipse activities. No upper grade classroom activity will have students looking directly at the eclipse. What is it? Did this ever happen in the past? I guess this is the first total eclipse in North America that that covers so much of the country for a very long time. But people won't stare at the sun because it hurts really, really bad. And anybody who was prone to staring at the sun probably would have already. Like like poor Sean, who thought yesterday was the eclipse and and was staring at the sun just full bore. Sean's blind for another reason. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. 18th century Pope talk there, Vincent. Yeah, but I didn't go to a quilting convention. Hey. He was doing what's right. He was doing right for his woman, huh? Says you no girlfriend boy, huh? Maybe you ought to go to a couple quilt shows and meet some nice widow. I think I'd rather go blind. (laughs) (laughs) It's a beautiful art form, Michael. Marshall has our news headlines, and oh man, there's a lot going on. Good, bad, and ugly. Uh, Stay with us on the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is the Armstrong and Getty Show. Welcome to it. How you doing? Jack is in the swath of totality. Or close to it. Right. And we'll be reporting live in just a few minutes uh, on the the chaos, the traffic, the people, the excitement, etc. Stay with us. We also have Mike Lyons. Military analyst about the Afghanistan strategy and the Navy ship collision. Moments right now, Marshall Phillips has our news. Well, talking about that collision, 10 U.S. sailors are missing. Five are hurt after the collision between the USS John S. McCain and an oil tanker early Monday east of Singapore. we got a search and rescue operation now underway. The McCain's a guided missile destroyer. It had been on its way to Singapore on a routine port visit when it collided with the tanker. 
The Navy said the ship was damaged on its left rear side but was headed to port under its own power. Now, this is the second accident involving a ship from the Navy's 7th Fleet in the Pacific in the last two months. Which is unbelievable. It's This is, if in case you're curious... As to whether this is the sort of thing that happens all the time, but now the media is just starting to pay attention to it because it's right. no, it's not. That it should never happen, especially the Seventh Fleet, which is always deployed, no nonsense, mm-hmm. on guard, uh, ready to uh, to jump ugly at all times. So it's it's awful. President uh, Trump's got a primetime address set up to outline his strategy for moving forward in Afghanistan. He tweeted out on Saturday he'd uh, reached a decision on that plan where the U.S. military is still involved after 16 years in the nation's longest ever war. He's expected to greenlight sending another 4,000 U.S. troops to Afghanistan in addition to the more than 8,000 already there. That speech going to be at 6 p.m. West Coast. And the Great American Eclipse, as you know, will be kicking off in Newport, Oregon, just hours from now. It is the first total solar eclipse in the U.S. in nearly 40 years. And we lost a couple of great ones. Jerry Lewis, comedian and director whose fundraising telethons became as famous as his hit movies, has died. Lewis died uh, Sunday morning, natural causes, 91 years old at his home in Las Vegas. He, of course, first became a star in a duo with Dean Martin, entertaining audiences in nightclub, on TV, and in the movies with their own brand of slapstick and singing. If you still kiss your girl after garlic and oil, that's amore. That's amore. If you call her your pet, though she's shaped like spaghetti, that's amore. That's amore. After they split up in 1956, Lewis starred and directed a slew of hit films like The Nutty Professor. And then, of course, he was the host for the MDA Labor Day Telethon for 50 years. 50s, early 60s, really, f- oh, I can't remember when it started. Jerry Lewis is the highest paid personality in the movies and TV right. and doing live shows right. and the rest of it. Uh, they say they f- it finally came out toward the end of his life that... He essentially, Dean would show up just, you know, want to wing it, and Jerry was a preparation freak and a right. rehearsal freak, and, and obviously the brains of the outfit, and he chewed him out, and Dean said, all right, go to hell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was over. <laughs> Went toddling off down the road. Dean yeah. Martin not, not doing very badly at all himself. The, they say that there are no, I think there are no films uh, available uh, extant of their night show act. Their, oh, their night, night club, club act, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is too bad, because evidently it was uh, crazy good. It it was crazy good, and apparently they just did it off the top of their heads, or at least Dean did. I think Jerry probably was. Well, or so it was designed to seem, yeah. And we lost comic trailblazer and civil rights activist Dick Gregory. He was one of the first black comedians to find mainstream success with white audiences in the early 1960s. And about that same time, that's when he got involved with the civil rights movement, and he used his popularity to be a force for civil rights and a host of other causes over the years. Dick Gregory is working right up until the end. He actually interrupted an East Coast tour when he was admitted to a hospital a week ago in Washington. Gregory was 84 years old. All right, here's here's the, the task. Now, I'm not old enough to have remembered Dick Gregory as a comedian. I was surprised. I knew him as a civil rights activist. I was surprised to hear, oh, he was a comedian. I have never heard a single second of Dick Gregory's comedy. Never heard any of it. I've heard stories about it, groundbreaking, etc. There's a good story about the Jack Parr show. Um, 
uh, but I've never heard a second of his comedy. So if we if we could find something, that would be great. That'd be very yeah. I went into I went into some of our archives here and I couldn't find any uh, any clips readily available. But Vincent, I'm sure, is the master. Some of our archives here. What are you talking about? The internet. <laughs> We, yes. have, we have some, the Globe's archives. Some. It's called the Internet. <laughs> I've got transcripts of some of his jokes, but you're looking yeah. for him actually right. saying yeah. the joke. Yeah, yeah, right. Let me see what yeah. I can find. Oh, but there are a lot of good advantages riding in the back of a bus. Next time you get on the bus, you know where that emergency door is located. <laughs> wow. It's provocative stuff. Yeah. I'm loving it. All right, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong Getty Show, the voice of the West. Do you have any more events? Uh, I will search the archives with yeah, Mark Phillips our archives. and uh, Indiana Jones. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Military correspondent Mike Lyons coming up next. We are going to hear the new strategy for America's longest war tonight. Uh, some of it's leaked. Thoughts on what that might be and uh, the collision of that Navy ship coming up uh, on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Good morning. Welcome to it. We have all sorts of good stuff for you this morning. We've found some more Dick Gregory comedy and we've got some Jerry Lewis stuff. On a lighter note, Jack is uh, approaching the zone, the swath of totality. We'll get a report from uh, the Eclipse area and a bunch of good stuff. A couple of stories of, of significant note this morning having to do with national security and defense. Uh, we'll talk to... Uh, Mike Lyons, military analyst about the new Afghanistan strategy uh, the president's uh, set to announce tonight. But first, uh, Mike, welcome. How are you? Hey, good morning, Joe. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, it's it's our pleasure as always. Uh, before we get to Afghanistan, uh, let's at least get an update. Uh, what have you heard about the uh, absolutely awful collision between the USS John McCain and an oil tanker? Uh, off Singapore, I guess. Uh, terrible news uh, foreshadowing what happened with the Fitzgerald. Literally the same, almost the same location, um, and it's where sailors sleep, which is why 10 are still missing. I'm not sure they've been declared dead yet. Um, it's been 14 but, hours, though. Yeah, it's not looking good. I mean, again, where sailors are sleeping there, there was a situation in the last one where the captain of that ship was hanging on to the side of the boat. Uh, he had to be rescued. Uh, had he fallen, he could have fallen into the ocean. He'd have been lost. And in this situation, we just don't know whether or not the sailors have been blocked off in an effort to save the ship uh, or whether or not they've been out to sea. So it's terrible news. The Navy is, uh, you know, they just released that report on Friday that assigned the responsibility to the captain and the XO. They were relieved. Uh, and they still haven't determined what was the cause of the crash of the Fitzgerald, but now they're going to have to do it all again. I mentioned earlier in the show that this is not one of those situations where it happens routinely and the media just doesn't pay attention to it, and now they are. This is, this is awful. Our Navy ships don't collide with with giant, you know, commercial ships with the loss of life. This should not happen. Yeah, that's the bottom line. And, you know, again, you would have thought that that report that went out last week, there would have been a heightened awareness in the fleet uh, with uh, young officers that run the bridge. That's really what we're talking about here. The, the captains and the, and the XOs and the, and the kind of the senior guys, they're all about setting culture and climate as to what happens on that ship. But the bottom line is the execution phase with the, with the petty officers and the, the young ensigns running it are, are seem to be, I mean, I hate to say it, making mistakes. I mean, either through manual mistakes, not having people on the watch, uh, seeing what's out there. But there's so much technology on that, that ship that they, it's just hard to imagine that, that, that they're in this spot. 
uh, where they get themselves inside some kind of danger zone and they can't seem to get themselves out of it. Well, you know, I, I realize when I have a good data set and when I don't, and two is not great, but it's certain, and my naval sources are still asleep, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. um, it's starting to feel like there is something wrong with training, with discipline. I mean, two within a summer is just, like I say, it's unthinkable. Yeah, it's almost, maybe it's a heavier reliance on technology. Uh, maybe it's uh, loss of instinct. I always felt that to be a good military officer, you had to have instinct. You had to know when something was going to go wrong. You watch, you know, I, I always picked it out when I watch a war movie, whether or not they're showing that actor having good instinct. Because I always felt in a combat zone myself that, you, you know, you had to feel in your fingertips something was about to happen. And I think um, for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to be there uh, in the Navy culturally. Now, the Navy does struggle with its culture right now. The SEAL teams, for example, as much as the great work they do, I know that culture is struggling with people that are writing books about their great adventures. That's not something that they thought was going to happen. Um, but they're now going to have to take a real hard look as to what's going on culturally in the Navy and the training and determine what's, what's exactly happening. Well, it's a theme we've struck many times through the years on the show, the idea of duty and sacrifice are becoming much less popular, um, you know, in the culture. And I wonder if it's seeped into the Navy. Well, I, one more thing, though. The, the, we, we saw from the Fitzgerald, the crew reacting, saved lives, saved the ship. They had to make a, a difficult decision to close off certain bulkheads when knowing full well that there were sailors in them that were going to die. Those kind of decisions happen. The consequences are the same. I'm sure here we're going to find out that on the McCain. And those are real-world things, and, and that's something that if you weren't paying attention before, you're going to wake up and realize that that's, that's what's going on. And I know talking to some of the junior officers, my son, for example, is a naval, um, he's, a, he's a naval student, and I've talked to him about his friends and some of the officers there, and they're, they're concerned. They could be, if, if it's not them, if they don't pay attention, they don't recognize the gravity of the responsibility they have at a very young age, 22 to 24 to 25 years old. Hmm. Mike Lyons is on the line. Mike, uh, we understand the president's supposed to address the nation at 6 o'clock Pacific tonight about a uh, strategy going forward in Afghanistan. What are you hearing? Well, I mean, this is he's looking for the Henry Kissinger peace in our time solution at this point. I mean, it, it, I just can't. We've talked about it before. There's just so many comparatives between Vietnam and Afghanistan. The only difference is we just haven't, you know, we just haven't killed 56,000 of us. We just, we just wage war a little bit better. Uh, but at this point, it, it, nothing's changed in 16 years. The, the same corruption exists within the government. The same pressure that Pakistan puts on allows a safe haven for the Taliban it puts on. The Taliban has been allowed to regroup. The last two years have been a disaster on the ground. Mattis knows it. Um, and and in, on top of that, you've got a, an illiterate Afghan security force that uh, that doesn't want to learn, doesn't want to fight. So I don't know what he's going to say. He's going to give a, you a tactical answer of adding some more troops. We're going to throw bodies at it, so to speak. I just don't know how the president's going to get out of this one, but this clearly is the default of two previous regimes, uh, two, two previous administrations before him. Well, unless they've done a beautiful job of keeping it secret, there's no giant Pakistan, Afghanistan, hell, India, Taliban, Afghan government all getting together and, and forging some enormous agreement. I, I haven't heard anything about anything like that, and that's what it would take. That's right. The Taliban had sent the administration a letter saying, look, but basically, in a nutshell, it's over. Let you know it's over. I know it's over. We know it's over. Let, why don't you guys leave? You know, we're going to eventually take over. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Um, and again, the president would have to admit loss, I think. And that's, you know, this is a guy, you know, Donald Trump, he's, he's just not, not in his DNA. But I mean, we're, we can't keep reinforcing failure. Um, you know, every time we lose a soldier in Afghanistan, I mean, look, every, every life is, is, is obviously precious within our, within our world. 
but the kind of soldiers that are there right now are our Olympic team, you know, Green Berets and, and the, the people that have had the most amount of training. And, and we're just literally throwing them out there and putting them in situations where I'm just not sure we can set them up to succeed. Mike Lyons, CBS military analyst. Mike, thanks a million. Great, Joe. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Oh, it's our pleasure. Uh, yeah, troubling. So this will be our 17th one-year strategy, or so it would seem. Uh, or, or we just say, look, we can't have Afghanistan functioning as a home base for Islamic extremists. It's too, in too strategic a place right next to Pakistan. Uh, well, it's right there in the region that's packed full of unrest and ugliness. And, and frankly, we can't let it go that direction. So we're just going to, I mean, we're going to be like an exterminator. Uh, we're going to, every time the infestation gets too bad, we're going to knock it back. We're going to prop up this uh, illiterate, um, unmotivated, corrupt government and just uh, just maintain. And it's going to cost a certain amount of lives. It's going to be we're going to be the police for an ugly, ugly, deadly region um, uh, in perpetuity. I mean, since that's what's happening, why, do, why don't they just say that? Because nobody would like that because uh, the American people would go crazy. I don't know. Would you go crazy? Well, that's obviously what's happening. The idea that we're fighting a battle in the direction of some sort of a win. I mean, who thinks that? Nobody, nobody does. So it'll be interesting to see what Donald Trump says. I love his national security team. I think he has some extremely smart, realistic, apolitical people on the team. General Mattis, General Kelly, General McMaster. A lot of generals there. Um, well, we'll have to see. So Jack is uh, within minutes of the swath of totality heading there with his little boy, which is fantastic. And we'll get a report from him in just a couple of moments, huh? Right after the top of the hour news, this is the Armstrong and Getty Show.